Paratruth Radio is a proud member of Evergreen Podcasts on KillerPodcast.com. Christian and non-Christian paranormal investigators. They have two different views, and it seems as if neither of them can ever agree on anything. So what happens when a mainstream view of the paranormal crosses paths with the Christian view? <laughs> Something What's up, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of Paratruth Radio. My name is Eric. And I'm Justin. And today we have a very fun episode because it's not just Justin and I. Instead, believe it or not, it's been a while, we have a guest who isn't another podcaster. <laughs> this is uh, an <laughs> author that we have joining us today uh, and a hoodoo practitioner. She wrote a book called Hoodoo Cleansing and Protection Magic. Uh, her name is Miss Ada, and she's joining us here tonight to talk about this pretty awesome book that we wanted to share with you guys, because uh, it's been a while since we've talked about hoodoo, and you guys know that it's one of our favorite subjects. Uh, but unfortunately, there haven't been any great books out really to, uh, to share with you guys, but here we have it. Miss Ada, welcome to Paratruth Radio. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing wonderful, thank you. How are you gentlemen doing? Fantastic. Well. Great. Um, other than contracting COVID, I'm feeling very good yeah. in comparison to other people. So I'm, I'm very thankful and blessed that uh, it hasn't gotten too extreme, but um, I'm really happy to have you on today because uh, we, read through the book and we're super fascinated about this subject uh hoodoo and voodoo is something that we've always had an interest in just out of curiosity more than anything and um so just to give our listeners a little bit of a background for you why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what got you started into writing this book and about your work Okay, so I'm going to tell you a little bit about myself. So um, I was born and raised in a family that practiced Santeria, they practiced Palo, and they practiced uh, Brujeria. And this is how I grew up. And <laughs> I used to think my family was weird, right? <laughs> Until I started getting a little older. And, you know, it's something because I'm almost 65, I'll be 65 next month. And back in those days, everything was hush, hush, secret, secret. Mm -hmm. You know, don't let the neighbors know, you know, in, in my case as a little girl, I thought, because we lived in Detroit, right? We didn't live in a Latin neighborhood. So, you know, I always had this misperception that if I ever said anything, anybody, I would die, <laughs> you know? Then people would come to my house and ask my mother and my aunt to do things, and they did, and they come back with presents and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, I kind of got away with, away from it. You know, as I got older, I got away from it. You know how you are when you're, you're younger and you're raised with something and everything's crammed down your throat. And I just thought it was all weird. I thought everything was weird. And so... You know, later on, um, I I did other things. I was a model. I was a licensed cosmetologist. But then I joined the Air Force, and I went into aeromedical evacuation. And um, after that, got my long story short, got my master's degree, emergency nurse, trauma center. And as I got older, you know, I started appreciating what my family did and I started learning more and more and more but the one thing I couldn't stand all along were the animal sacrifices required in Santeria and Paolo 
And then I discovered hoodoo and they don't require animal sacrifices. So I fell into that like a, a fish in the water. Now I wanted to correct one thing for you. You said voodoo hoodoo, right? Hoodoo is a folkloric magical practice, whereas voodoo is a magical religious practice, as is Santeria. So okay. that's the difference between the two. However, they all derive their roots from Africa. So voodoo and Santeria, you know, those are called um, African traditional religions, whereas Hoodoo is an African traditional, African derivative tradition. So there's a little bit of a difference there. But, you know, I'm retired now and, you know, I, I know this marvelous lady, her name is Marla Brooks and, you know, she, she has great phrases and she says, oh, you know, when we come out of the closet. So, you know, I came out of the witch closet. <laughs> I know Marla. She was actually and part of a network that we were. Protection magic was because I had lots and lots and lots and lots of clients that have, have, have been affected with negativity. And hundreds of them have been scammed into paying thousands upon thousands of dollars to get rid of the negativity, which always upset me. So I wrote a book so that they can understand how negativity and why negativity is attracted to you, how to get rid of it yourself and how to protect yourself, what to avoid spiritually and what type of people to avoid. So I just wanted to help people. That's part of my, my blood. You know, I'm a nurse, got to help people, got to help their bodies and I'm a magical practitioner, so I got to help their souls, too. <laughs> right. Well, I like that you started out with, uh, in the introduction, that uh, negativity does have a trickle effect where you have the typical bad luck day and it just that one, that one simple thing that happens that sets you into a negative emotion and it just trickles down through the entire day. Uh, oh, unless you're able to come back from it if you have something positive in your life, you know, at home or something like that. Right, right, exactly, exactly. But you're right, you know, it, it's, you know, once you've got that negativity and you don't recognize it, like you're saying, right. you know, you're, you're going to keep attracting more and more and more of it. So Absolutely. you need the positive in your life. Why do you why do you think it is that like whenever we uh, come into contact with negativity, we just kind of focus on that instead of trying to drive ourselves away from it or drive it away from us? Because we don't know. We don't know what's happening. You know, we, we get feelings like something's wrong, but we don't know what it is. Something doesn't feel right, but we don't know what it is. And we just stay and linger. And this, you know, this is part of what I teach people is how to recognize that negativity. You know, um, I, I'm not sure if I wrote about this. I can't remember. I write so much. But, you know, I remember this, this um, maintenance guy came. And he was just talking and talking and talking and talking. And I, I could just feel all that negativity, right? And I, I couldn't get him to shut up, right? But I knew what he was doing. He was unloading his problems onto my aura. And, you know, the book starts out, we talk about the aura. It all starts with the aura, which is our protective shield. Um, it's a health barometer. It's a negativity barometer. And it ought to, to shine and glow and, and what happens is when we start attracting negativity or negativity comes to us, it suppresses that aura and suppresses that aura. So it's more like, I like to compare it to dirt, just piling on it and suppressing it, right? And you're gonna feel that. And negativity, whether 
it's emotional, physiological, or spiritual, they all affect it. They're all interrelated. So if you're affected emotionally, it's going to affect your your spiritual well-being and your and your health and your physical well-being. And if we all know that you know our physical um, status affects our emotional status, right? And it affects our spiritual status, and so on and so on. So you know, it, it was my intention to to teach people how to 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 ward it off how to fix the problems and how to protect oneself from any further problems okay all right well and you've already mentioned auras and regarding that we you have a section where you mention like psychic vampires and envy arguments insults uh, these little nuisances that tend to affect our aura uh, and these are all things that we've talked about on the show in the past but one thing that we haven't talked about is uh, what you call mercury in retrograde. Can you talk a little bit about that? Tell us what that is and how it affects us. Okay. Right now, by the way, mercury is in retrograde. <laughs> and um, it's when the planet of mercury appears to be going backwards, right? And mercury is the planet of communication. And usually during the time that Mercury is in retrograde, which happens three weeks at a time, usually three times a year. And, you know, you will notice people aren't as friendly. They're, they're either aloof or they're argumentative. Um, computer problems, telephone problems, it, it always happens. And it doesn't clear up until Mercury goes back direct into the course that it's that it normally goes into. Hmm. And that's what Mercury in retrograde is. So I mean, I, you know, some people, they will feel depressed, they will feel like something's weighing them down. Um, other people are angry or, or irritable. I see a lot of that. In fact, I can always tell when Mercury's in retrograde. I don't even have to look at the calendar. I can tell when I go shopping. I can tell when I'm driving down the street. You know, people will give me the finger more often than not during retrograde. Um, people in grocery stores are, are nasty. I went to dinner with, with some friends the other day and I ordered this food and I got everything wrong. And the waitress was as nice as she could be, but it was a communication problem. It, it's normal and it happens everywhere on this planet. <laughs> yeah, it's something that I have seen a couple of times now, Mercury in retrograde. Um, and I kind of talked about it on my other show uh, with some friends um, who, who are psychic mediums. Um, I, I didn't realize though that it happens multiple times throughout the year. Yes, it sure does. Pain in the butt. <laughs> and you know, I don't I don't like to perform spells during this time because in this is just my personal opinion. Okay. It's it's not the truth. It's it's my personal opinion, but I believe that spell cast when I cast a spell. I believe that I'm throwing energy out and it's going out in a horizontal manner. And I believe that that Mercury in retrograde suppresses the, the flow of that energy. So I don't even bother with spell work. Now this has nothing to do with prayer or calling on an entity or God or a saint. And I've been asked this a lot of times when Mercury is in retrograde, can I still pray? Well, God or saints or, you know, they're not going to say, I'm not going to hear your prayer because Mercury's in retrograde. No, it doesn't work that way. It's just when you're casting spells is okay. what I don't like to do during retrograde. Interesting. And that, that was actually going to be a question that I had for you is, is when you're saying spells, does that mean something not for protection? 
Oh, no. Protection. You can always protect yourself okay. when I'm, I'm talking about if I want to. And that, that's a very good question. Okay. So I'm not, when I'm doing protection spells for myself, I'm not sending that out to anybody. I'm doing it to myself. So okay. that flow, it's, it's irrelevant because I'm doing it to myself. Right. I see. But would I do a protection spell on somebody during retrograde on someone else who's far away? No, I wouldn't okay. do that unless I were doing something working with a saint. You know, I would pray to to Saint Michael. You know, please protect Eric and Justin. You know what I mean? Um, right. Again, a saint is not going to refuse, or God or a deity is not going to refuse you because Mercury's in retrograde. Gotcha. Now, you know, you, we're you, talking about if, if, you know, and uh, let me, let me clarify something. So, you know, spell work, you know, if I'm doing something where I'm, I'm lighting a candle and, and I want to put a love spell on you guys because I think you're both hot. Okay. So I'm sending this energy out to you, right? So that you're going to say, oh, Miss Aida is really, really, you know, I'm in love with her. That's not going to work when Mercury's in retrograde. So that's what I'm talking about. When I'm talking about yeah. lighting a candle to to a saint or to God or to deity, that that is a whole different ballgame. Just for that clarification. Okay. Uh, now, in regards to spell work, uh, you, you keep talking about how you're, you send the spell out. You, you, you believe that you send it out in a horizontal way. How much is spell work is uh, simply believing in that spell as opposed to just uh, some words or some concoctions that would perform the spell? Yeah, you have to put energy into the spell and you have to know that it's happening. You know, most of it depends on you. As far as I'm concerned, it's 75% it's me and my faith in the deities that I'm working with. So if I'm working with my spirit guides or if I'm working with, you know, a deity that, that I'm used to working with, I, I've got to know that they're there and they're, they're helping me and, and I have faith in them. Because when I, when I doubt myself or doubt them, the spell's not gonna work. My mother used to perform spells and the second she was done, it was like, oh, it's going to work. And, and I'll give you an example. One of my dogs was, um, someone was supposed to care for her when I was getting surgery. And I got the surgery and those idiots lost my dog the very same day. And, you know, I asked my mother, you know, because I, I was frazzled. I had surgery. I didn't have that energy you have to have a lot of energy input in the spell. It's in the magic. And, and I remember she would say, oh, it's going to work. You're going to find her. That's it. You know, don't you. End of subject. It was a fact. It was a fact. It was not a maybe. Let's see. I don't know. It was a fact. And sure enough, I did find her. So that's the way you have to think and you have to have confidence in yourself and confidence with the deities because again, when you don't have that confidence, you don't have that energy, you don't have the energy to, to send out, you're sending out energy. Where is that energy coming from? It's not coming from, oh, um, Eric's going to be in love with me. Justin's going to be in love with me. No, 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 no. If I were doing a love spell, I would have some sort of an effigy to represent either one of you. And I would be role playing. I would be using this effigy all over my body and, you know, pretending that you're really there, acting like you're really there, knowing that you're really there, right? treating this effigy as if it was really you rubbing it all over my body making love to it that's the type of energy you've got to put into your spell works and the same goes for negative spell work so 
I'm not going to do a love spell when I'm in a bad mood, right? I've got to be all melancholy, lovey-dovey. And the same thing when I'm doing negative spell work, I'm not going to do it when I'm feeling lovey-dovey. I've got to be angry. I've got to be screaming. I've got to be slamming. I've got to be swearing. I've got to put that energy into the spell work. So when it comes so all to, about when it comes to this kind of energy, uh, how long do you, does it take you typically to switch from like this angry, almost hatred type of feeling to if it were negative uh, to something positive? Like, would there be uh, other people who can just switch it on and off, or is it like days where you have to drive the negative energy away before you start doing something positive again? No, no. The way that I work. I work with the phases of the moon. So when the moon is waxing, when the moon is increasing in size, that's when I would do spell work for the positive things, such as love, success, whatever, okay? When the moon is waning and it's decreasing in size, right? So the waxing is the new moon to the full moon then the waning is the, the full moon to the, the new moon. So that's when I would do negative work. Okay. So it isn't like I'm switching on and off. I'm not doing that. Positive work is during the waxing moon. Negative work is during the waning moon. Or, you know, the waning moon also you can use to make things go away. So um, if you've got... Uh, a health problem, right? And you want uh, something to go away. You can actually work this during the, the um, waning moon. And then when you want to bring in good health, you would do that during the waxing moon. All right. So look, kind of a loophole there. <laughs> <laughs> so something I found interesting in the reading is that uh, Hoodoo practitioners will use different types of waters in their practice. So I was kind of curious about uh, how, what the importance of that is using holy water, Florida water, which I was fascinated by the Florida water, by the way. I had never heard of that before. Um, rue water, stuff like that. What's the importance of that? What's the importance of the waters? Yeah, using them in your practice. Yeah. So... Well, first of all, holy water, I mean, holy water is blessed. So you have blessing energies and, you know, people have believe as I do that you're bringing, drawing down the, the energies of God when, when the water is holy, right? Um, so Florida water, Florida water has been used for many, many, many years. Um, when I was a little girl, Agua Florida, Agua Florida in Spanish, right? Um, they use it in many countries and it, whatever the, um, the essence of the herbs that are in the mixture is what's important. And I do explain that in the book that herbs and minerals, they have spirits, right? So when I'm making rue water, rue water, you know, rue is, is for protection and get away, you know, get, a, get rid of negativity. So you can make waters out of any type of herb and use those energies that the herb has for your, your spell purpose. But Florida water is great for, for cleansing, for rejuvenating. I've even used it to assist me in, in, in spells that are of an emergent nature. You know, I just like, let me try this out. You know, I'm in a strange place and I don't have anything. That's when we've got a combination of energies that, you know, are within yourself, right? And then the aid of, of Florida water. And it's okay. worked. Now, what is the importance of that water being uh, pure? Uh, there, there's a section where you talk about like holy water. You don't, 
you want to be careful where you get it from because uh, some places might be uh, might have mineral water within them or if you use a bottle that had mineral water that's going to affect uh, the significance of the holy water or other waters so what is the importance of that well you know as i've explained that herbs and minerals have spirits right so i don't know what minerals are in that mineral water what if what if it has a mineral that is used for negative negativity you know i don't know what minerals are in there so that's why i don't recommend it Okay. You know, when in doubt, don't, don't do it. So, you know, and the other thing I talk about too, in the book about not just buying holy water anywhere. And I did explain this in the book. You don't know what's been bottled. You have absolutely no idea. I remember I went to a botanica and oh you know buy this holy water you know they 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 kind of bullied me it was a buck you know i bought it and i opened it up when i got outside and i almost vomited it it was someone's dirty altar altar water with all these different perfumes and it was mucky looking and i just threw it away yeah you just never know right well in terms of like not knowing what type of energies are within it, especially minerals, you know, if it's negative minerals. Um, there is a section, I'm actually going to jump ahead a little here. This is going to be a question for a little later. Uh, but there's in the chapter titled negative energies in the home, you describe four steps on how to cleanse, bless and protect your home for the first time. Now, as I was reading through this, uh, though there's like plenty of really interesting stuff in this particular chapter, uh, there's one thing that really stood out to me during chapter three called Protecting Your Home, where you state that using black salt can drive away evil spirits, but that it's primarily used in negative spell work. So in regards to negativity or uh, minerals that can I can I interrupt you one second? Sure, absolutely. Salt will do anything that you want it to, just so you know. Okay, so uh, just salt in general, right? Okay, okay. Right. Uh, so that that was going to be my question because you did mention that uh, regarding the white salt, uh, but it wasn't mentioned during black with the black salt. It just said it can has both properties. It can do either thing, uh, but that that. In that case, never mind. That answers the question <laughs> right there. <laughs> okay. So, so. Well, because, well, you actually already answered it by saying oh, okay. that oh. you can do, you know, you can, <laughs> it'll do whatever you want it to do. It's just. All right. <laughs> well, because my question was going to be, uh, you know, how can one, something like black salt be used for something both negative and positive, even though they contradict each other. Uh, And just whether or not that was uh, empowered by the mind, like one's belief in its purpose or something else, but. I always tell the, uh, I shouldn't say tell. No, 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 no. I always ask the spirits of the herbs and roots and minerals, or even if I'm using, uh, I hate to say this, an animal part, like say if I bought something at the store, right? I always ask them what it is I wish them to do, always. So you're not just randomly doing this and that. You know, I I say a prayer to bless them. I always thank God for, for giving them to me. I ask God to awaken their spirits. So it goes something like this. I'll, I'll say Psalm 23 you know, to bring God's attention, to bless them. Then I'll say, you know, God, you know, please awaken the spirits of these plants and minerals and animals and thank them on my behalf for sacrificing their lives for me. Please tell them that they will be used. And then I say the purpose, right? And once again, thank them on my behalf. And I love you, God. Amen. I always do that. I don't just randomly take this and that and do this and do that. No, you got to show respect. You have to show respect to all. I expect people to respect me, right? You expect people to respect you. And, and I believe that all life ought to be respected and asked, asked, not told what to do. 
get more with, how does that go? You get, what's that thing about honey and vinegar? You get more with honey than you do with vinegar? I don't know. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> you attract bees more with honey than vinegar. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. That's it. Thank you. <laughs> so um, does that make sense then? It does. I, okay. Yeah. Thank you. So I love that you have put in many different ways on how to cleanse your, your home. Um, being in the paranormal community, a lot of the times you just hear about um, exorcisms or holy water or smudging. Um, and one of the things that I thought was fascinating was that you have uh, Miss Ada's Chinese wash recipe, which if you want the recipe, folks, get the book. But I thought it was interesting that um, you had come up with a concoction that that you actually are rubbing on your walls and, and kind of doing a a regular home cleaning on top of spiritual cleaning. Right, right. And again, you know the 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 main main ingredients. You know, get lemongrass, and what does lemongrass do? It washes away negativity and brings in positive energies. Now the the ban ban oil. What you've got the same with the the broom straws you know i've got that mm-hmm. the ban ban oil is a combination of lemongrass essential oil it's got citronella it's got all these other you know if you if you want to and all those essential oils which come from plants right they right. do the same thing they get they clear away negativity and bring in positive energy so chinese washes is uh, very popular in the hoodoo tradition and by the way you don't even have to buy the book to get that recipe if you go to amazon and look up hoodoo cleansing and protection magic um wiser publications has that recipe right on the page oh there you go on the amazon page you can get that recipe for free i shouldn't say that i'm trying to sell books We set it up for you, but yeah. <laughs> and I blew it. <laughs> blew it. <laughs> no, I want everybody to have that recipe. No, that's good. I mean that that shows a good a good author and and somebody who's really wanting to help people over sell their books. It's one of my German shepherds. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, that's okay. I have a German shepherd myself, so I completely. Come here, Asha. <laughs> I just lost one three weeks ago, so I'm kind of. Oh, home. sorry about that. Yeah, thank you. So, um, so in regards to just cleansing, uh, you you mentioned not just mentioned, but you talk about crystals uh, and how you use them for cleansing. Uh, we've talked about crystals actually quite a few times over the last couple of months, uh, as well as talismans, amulets, uh, various stones, things like that. But I was just curious as to what some of your favorite crystals are that you use on a daily basis uh, and what they tend to do for you. Well, on a daily basis, I mean, I, I always carry amethyst with me. Always, always. I've got it in private areas. <laughs> uh, I have amethyst ring. So, you know, that's that's one of them. In fact, this is an actually amatrine ring and it's a combination of amethyst and citrine. You know, they they kind of like I don't know what they they don't yeah, they do grow, kind of grow together. So um I love that. I love pyrite. Pyrite is uh not only does it clear away negativity, it also draws money, right? So that's a good one. You know, I do tell a story in the book about my my one dog and she was very ill and I I used a double terminated crystal quartz and and for people who don't know what double terminated is, it's a point at each end. So it's an elongated uh, piece of crystal with a point at each end and and those are really, really great for for healing and I place that crystal over her abdomen numerous times and that crystal I still have it I don't have it with me because I wasn't being I wasn't expected to be asked that question but it actually turned black and she got better so it absorbed her illness yes Um. so I mean there's a lot of crystals now us Cubans um when babies for babies we put a little black 
pin on them and it's called an asabache. And that is actually the crystal jet. And jet is wonderful for repelling negativity. So jet is a wonderful crystal to get. And asabache is just a, a fancy name. It's jet, which is black. There's okay. just a lot of them, a lot of them you could use. I, I got them listed in the book. Now, when a crystal absorbs negative energy, is that negative negative energy then absorbed indefinitely forever? Or can it be at some point released somehow? I don't know. know of? I mean, no. I, I, that's a very good question. And I wasn't sure. I just didn't know. So with the, the, the quartz crystal, so I kept it in a, a sealed plastic bag just in case, because that's okay. an excellent question. A very good question. Now, um, could I absorb negativity and pass it on to you? I That can be done. Yes. Okay. I mean, that would be kind of like what we say in hoodoo, tricking an object, right? So I could put all this negative energy into something and then send it to, to either one of you if I couldn't stand you, right? And then you would be holding on to that. And I talk about that when the event with 911, those stones absorbed all that negativity. And I was gifted one of those stones oh. from 911. And all hell broke loose in my house. Oh, I had to get rid of the stones. And the same thing happened when I climbed the pyramid in Chichen Itza and I took what were supposed to be power stones, right? So yeah, they can, uh, they can emit once they've absorbed. But in the case of the double terminated quartz, I, you know, that absorbed my, my dog's illness. I don't know, but better safe than sorry, sealed plastic bag. Right, for sure. We actually just talked about that on a, uh... A previous episode about a thief from uh she stole some things from pompeii and this is actually kind of common um and then they think that they're cursed because negative things are happening to them so then they send them back to the italian government and the italian government's like well that's great but we don't know where they go you know what are we supposed to do with them we don't want oh, that negativity God. on us wow. <laughs> So in my case, I, you know, I, I'm terrible. I have a terrible fear of falling, just terrible. But I climbed the pyramid and put them back. I put them back for which they came. I wasn't going to send them to somebody because I don't know what's going to happen to them. Right. You know? Yeah. And, and not only that, you know, my fear would be I would curse the recipient. Right. You know? Right. Right. <laughs> No, and it, I read that story, and I, I noticed how you mentioned how afraid you are of falling, and having you mentioned it just now too. Uh, have you performed any type of magical rituals to try to relieve yourself of that fear? No, no, I haven't. I, I've done all kinds of psychological things. I've climbed different pyramids. That wasn't the only one. That was one of the last ones. I went to Machu Picchu. <laughs> That's pretty high. Um, flown in two people aircrafts, you know, that that was kind of scary. I don't have a fear of heights. I have a fear of falling. Okay. So I kind of suspect that that may have transpired from a prior lifetime, but I wouldn't know. And I don't feel like getting hypnotized over that either. But <laughs> I tried all the, the psychological venues and none of them worked in fact they um exacerbated my fears even more so wow. so i've climbed glaciers and in in, in uh, scandinavia believe me i've tried everything and nothing <laughs> works i have a fear of falling <laughs> i'm fine in airplanes because i don't have a fear of heights just a fear of falling oh. hmm. yeah. So something that you mention throughout the book, you, you bring up uh, different Psalms uh, verses and something that I, just going through the, the different um, research and stuff is uh, that was something that was kind of incorporated into hoodoo. So is that a common practice for hoodoo practitioners? Yes, it is. 
um, hoodoo is is influenced by um, obviously the the African traditions, but it also incorporates um, Asian, Judaism, um, Native American. It, it just you know as it evolved. You know, think about all the, the people, the different cultures that came here. So it incorporated right. that too. And it's it's heavily influenced by Judeo Christianity. Okay. Also. So yes, you're gonna see the songs. Very okay. prevalent in the practice of voodoo. Is it mostly yeah. Psalms yeah, that, you get, that and you get that from from, you know, the 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 old testament. I, I know I have so many Jewish friends, and and I too am studying Judaism because it's just wonderful. It's beautiful religion, and you know I, I don't like. I feel funny saying the Old Testament now, so I, I like to say the <laughs> Hebrew Bible. You know okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, because Hoodoo incorporates Judeo Christianity, obviously right. you're going to have that. Right. Okay. Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts. Now, you had mentioned uh, tricking an item, and there's a section in which you talk about uh, spiritual entities within an object, as well as bewitched objects. And I was just wondering, how do you identify whether or not you have either of these two items in your possession and what differentiates them uh, from each other? Okay, well, what different? You're not going to be able to tell right away. Not, okay. you know, but I will tell you this. You know, kind of let me take that back. If an item is tricked, bewitched, a bewitched item, so we say in, in, in hoodoo, the item is tricked right? Usually the effects are immediate, right? Whereas if you have an object that has a, an entity attached to it, it usually lays dormant. And from my experiences, so let me explain it to you this way. With, with an entity attachment things are going to be gradual you know it's just not going to feel right then this happens and that happens and that happens and this happens right so it's a progressive thing until all hell breaks loose and then you got whatever poltergeist activity you know you guys are the experts on that so <laughs> with um a tricked object so if i were to send you something that I cursed, right? I mean, things are gonna start happening to you right away. Or if I send you something, you know, uh, I trick something to make you love me, you're gonna start like almost immediately having romantic feelings for me. That's the best way to tell the difference. I don't like to wait that long. It's like, just get rid of it. You know what I'm saying? That's right. the bottom line. But usually if it's an entity, it stays dormant and it's a gradual progression. And if it's tricked, it usually starts working right away. Okay. But don't wait to find out, just get rid of it. Got it. So negative entities um, is something that you, you kind of mentioned throughout the book, uh, something that we've dealt with on a regular basis. Oh, sure. Um, yeah. In a personal in your personal opinion, uh, kind of what, what's the most effective way to, to deal with a negative entity or, or get them out of your home? 
for negative entities, what's the most effective way? <laughs> um, well, let me tell you something. A few months back, this woman, she, she gave me all the signs and symptoms of um, an attachment. Okay. And I was convinced it was an attachment. So my assistant and I, you know, we got a motel room and blah, 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 blah. And I ended up having to do an exorcism, which if you read my book, I hate that shit. Excuse my language. I hate that stuff, right? So what's the best way, the best way, and I, I tell this to everybody, call a paranormal investigation team, okay? They are the best people on the planet to identify what it is, and they have the resources to get rid of whatever it is. So that's that's it in a nutshell. Okay. So it ask for help, basically. Team, it usually takes a team of people to identify and to get rid of. Okay. If you have a negative, if you've got, say for instance, you have something that's demonic, you've got to get expert people in there. You can't do this yourself. You just can't. It's hard work. It's tedious. It's challenging. And, you know, and, and I say this in the book too, it's, would you call a, would you do heart surgery yourself on somebody? Would you call a layman friend to do that? No, you're going to call a cardiologist. And right. in in my my humble opinion, a paranormal investigation team that that's the medical team. That's the medical team in, in uh, my okay. opinion. Or as an ER nurse, I would say that's the trauma team. <laughs> Well, when it comes to like protecting yourself, either from, from any negative energies or entities for that matter, uh, one thing that you, you talk about in the book is visualizing white light around yourself. Uh, and this is something that Justin and I have done multiple times throughout the many years of our show. Uh, and actually one of the things that I did after, or I guess during toward the end of a demonic uh, affliction thing that I was going through about three months long worth. Uh, oh. And the one thing that I just wanted to, to try to get our listeners to understand is you mentioned that when you do this visualization, it's uh, basically taking the moment to relax your mind, your breath, to really just calm yourself down and then visualize this this bright white light surrounding your feet and then continue to visualize it moving upward until your entire body is engulfed with it. Now, at the end of the section, uh, you say that if you employ the technique correctly, once you open your eyes, you will actually feel the light surrounding you. And I was just wondering if you can elaborate a little bit uh, on what it, you mean by feeling the light. Wow. It feels like another presence is around you. That's the only way I can explain it. It just feels like there's something else around you and it feels good. It feels really good. But the best way to identify it is it feels like there's a presence around you. Okay. All right, Miss Ada. Well, we are alone. If you've got if you've got a demonic entity in your house, the white light alone ain't gonna do it. You gotta call in a paranormal <laughs> investigation team. I, I wanna make that clear. It isn't that simple. Right? So, you know, we, we got the 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 white light and that protects us against everyday nuisances and things like that, but it isn't gonna protect you against a demonic entity. It isn't gonna protect you against poltergeist activity. Only a paranormal investigation team is going to do that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we are coming uh, to the end of the show. So I want to give you a chance to tell everybody where you can find, they can find the book, find you, uh, the mic is yours. Okay, so you can, Find my website, MissAida.com, M-I-S-S-A-I-D-A.com. Um, I'm on Facebook, Miss Aida Psychic. And every other Sunday, I do a live question and answer period 
at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on my Facebook, so you can ask me anything you want for half an hour. And my book, uh, Hoodoo Cleansing and Protection Magic. I have two other books, Cursing and Crossing. Um, and I have another book, Destroying Relationships. You can find that all on Amazon. And just uh, Google Miss Aida, M-I-S-S-A-I-D-A. And there you go. All right, folks. That was well, Miss Thank you so much Aida. for being on Paratruth Radio. Uh, we loved having her on. Having uh, definitely check pleasure. out the book. Thank you so much. Um, we'll talk about that right after this break, give you all the links and all that great stuff once again. But uh, you've been listening to Paratruth Radio right here on New Lantern Media. Well, we, will, we will be right back right after this. Hey, everybody. Justin here. I just wanted to give a shout-out to our sponsor, Nodakian Studios, who has been so gracious for letting us use her Zoom account. Uh, Nodakian Studios is a pottery studio in Bismarck, North Dakota, that strives on providing high-fired stoneware for everyday use. You should check her out at nodakianstudios.com, as well as on Facebook and Instagram, where she announces giveaways, pop-up shows, and so much more. Again, nodakianstudios.com or Nodakian Studios on Facebook and Instagram. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Paratruth Radio. As always, my name is Eric. And I'm Justin. And we just got off the phone with our guest. Uh, she was the author, or is the author, of Hoodoo Cleansing and Protection Magic. Saida. <laughs> uh, she was a really fun guest to have on, very down to earth, and uh, certainly has elaborated on quite a few things here that we we had asked about and uh, some even more so on some things that we've talked about uh, in the past with our guests, uh, with our listeners. I think the takeaway here and one thing that she was really uh, enforcing was that when in doubt, let it go, turn it away, you know, whatever it is, uh, you have to really pay attention to your senses around negative entities and energies and uh, things like that. Uh, even these tricked objects, you know, when, if it's something that you just feel off about. Uh, in fact, there's actually a section in this book where it talks about, where she talks about um, going and shopping for crystals and various stones and that you should pick up each stone individually and hold it in your hand and see what kind of reaction you get. Uh, she had spoken about these stones having spirits within them or being spiritual by nature. And she mentions in the book that one of three things are going to happen when you pick up a stone. You're either going to get this warm, kind of inviting feeling, something that just seems good. Uh, you're going to have nothing at all whatsoever, or you're going to have a negative reaction to it, or it's going to pull itself away from you uh, in, in a sense. And actually, there's a story in which one pulled itself away from her, literally, where it literally jumped out of her hand because she didn't, it didn't like, uh, it, there just wasn't connection, I guess. So <clears throat> I think, I think so often, especially like myself in the past, you know, going to the store and just choosing, you know, crystal light, just for example, uh, isn't always the best option. You should, maybe it's, maybe it's not even crystal. Light. It could be like, uh, I don't know, maybe it's, if you got like a, a container of crystallite, there's only one piece in there that maybe connects with you, you know, cause not all crystallite I'd imagine have the same spirit. Maybe they do. We don't know. Uh, but I don't know. What, what do you think about that? Like the idea behind crystals having spirits uh, within them, because that's kind of a new, uh, new thing to us here, hearing that. Well, if you, um, if you look at native American folklore specifically, they say everything has a spirit, uh, stones, trees, uh, the ground, the, the clouds, the sky. Uh, so it is a concept that I, I think we've kind of heard before, um, not specifically to crystals per se, um, mm -hmm. but um, be, being sensitive uh, myself, when I go into a shop, which um, 
I've talked to you about. I've gone to one here in Grand Island, um, and I I can feel that the energy. I I specifically say energy. I, I don't know if it's spirits or what it is, but you can feel the energy coming off of them. And I have had that moment where I don't feel anything. I I have not yet had the moment where I've felt something negative or it just drops out of my hand or jumps out of my hand because it's not agreeing with me or anything like that. So that is interesting to hear. Um, but oftentimes we we hear about um, other objects giving us the creeps, uh, feeling something negative off of it, stuff like that. You have brought up about a... Um, was it a doll or, or a baby stroller or something in, in an antique store for your sister? Uh, no. Well, I think the one I brought up was uh, my sister finding a camera that she wanted to. Oh, okay. She me. found something. But she felt negative energy attached to it. Okay. Um, so, you, you know, we, we kind of feel that energy off of other stuff too. And in that particular case your mind kind of jumps to, oh, there must be a spirit attachment here. Um, a lot of times in the paranormal community, uh, specifically with psychics and mediums, you don't ever hear them talk about spirit attachments to crystal. They they say energy. So right. is it one and the same? I guess, maybe. I don't know. But, <laughs> I, I mean, it, when, you, when you think about the paranormal community, uh, we we always say spirits are are energetic beings, so it it could be one and the same thing, or maybe crystals are giving off their own vibration and and their own energy. Who knows for sure? Right. So, but it was interesting talking to her about this because we we've had different people on about voodoo and hoodoo. Um, uh, the voodoo was a practitioner when we were night stalkers and we both really liked talking to her because she was very informative. Uh, right. same thing with, uh, Miss Aida. She was very informative. Uh, she was actually a practitioner. The, the other person that we had had on, um, I think it was on Paratruth radio. He had just, um, talked to and studied the, the history right. of hoodoo and stuff right. like that. So, yeah, and you'll find, I think, uh, some interesting, I mean, you'll find similarities, but also some dissimilarities between someone who's actually a practitioner and someone who's simply studying it. Uh, because the one thing that I think we, we really learned uh, from Miss Aida is that some of what her practice consists of is based on personal preference uh, mm -hmm. and personal opinion. And that's how it is with most things. I mean, just think of religion in general, uh, me being a Christian and how I practice my faith uh, is very right. different from what someone else might, uh, though there might be similar as well. So I, I think it's finding that balance that works for you. Uh, and I'd imagine if you're a practitioner or a, a, uh, an amateur practitioner, someone who's learning, you're going to go through this stage uh, or, or this time in which you're going to learn some things that you like and learn some things that you don't like. You're going to, it's just like anything else that you're learning or practicing. Uh, you know, if you're riding a skateboard, you're going to fall down, right? And the main thing is getting back up and trying again. Uh, now, what I, I possibly uh spell work could maybe be a little bit more dangerous than maybe jumping on a skateboard for uh you know <laughs> a, a couple feet at a time uh, especially like you know we talk about using a ouija board let's talk about spiritualism a little bit here uh you know opening doors you know you do that accidentally uh, in most cases most people don't know they're opening a door when they talk to a spirit or when they try to uh, summon a spirit and many of these doors lead to attachments mm -hmm. that are typically right. relatively negative uh, and not always like horribly negative but most people don't want these entities around 
Right. And I'd imagine it's very similar uh, to some extent with hoodoo even, you know, when you're practicing uh, some spell work, you know, like, like Aida said, you, you have to really focus on what it is, you know, that, that you're putting out there. You need to give it your all. Uh, you need to send it through. It's the same thing with prayer. You know, uh, God says, Jesus says uh, that if you believe in it or believe it, it'll happen. You know, you have to believe in what you're praying, what you're asking for, believe that it's already happened. Mm-hmm. And there, there's a lot that goes into that. You know, it's more than just spiritual. It's also of the mind and of the body and you have to give it your all. So and I think that's just a, a good place to kind of probably wrap up this episode is uh, whatever it is you're doing, whether it is something like some sort of practice uh, in the spiritual side of things, or if it's just some hobby that you're doing, the only way you're going to succeed at it is to really practice and give it your all because uh, just not giving it enough is never going to take you to where you want to be right yeah it's all about intention and a lot of people uh question what what that means and it's really just setting yourself up to to for this to actually happen right. and no nobody really knows how to do it well because it you always question yourself as a human being. You're always questioning, okay, did I do that right? Is this really really what I want? Stuff like that. Right. So if you're trying to set an intention, make sure it is really what you want. Um, uh, and, and I do highly discourage people to uh, not be using things for, for negative reasons. Uh, I'm sure there are people out there that pray that somebody will lose their job so that they can get a promotion or stuff like that. Or, or same thing with the practice of any other uh, religion or, or spiritual work. There are these negative impacts too. Um, so I do encourage you to always, you know, keep in mind that we are, we are all humans. We all suffer the same way so keep your intentions pure um whether you're praying or or setting these intentions through spell work um one thing that i do have to say is i i am truly impressed with the fact that you can still you can actually talk to someone now and see their point of view if they're a different religion or or different practice and still i mean it doesn't affect your faith and you don't argue with them, you let them talk, but you still have your own beliefs about, yes, this is right, no, this is not right. It's called growth. <laughs> well, <laughs> I've said it multiple times, but it it's something cool to see uh, you go through just to, to see that you have grown into a, a better person and it took doing your your show Forgotten Truth Radio, which right. helped form Paratruth to to have that growth and have talk with people from other uh walks of, of life too. So Yeah, and I and I think like in that regard it's it's like anything that you're starting out with. You know, most of us are ignorant when we first mm-hmm. start with something. Yeah. Uh and becoming a Christian again, like the first time around, obviously I grew up with it, didn't like it. You know, much like uh, Miss Aida was saying, you get it shoved down your throat when you're when you're young. You kind of distance yourself, and that's more or less what happened to me as well. So then, having this rebirth uh, in, in into uh, the family of God, it, I was a child in the spirit and ignorant in how I should be responding to people outside of that realm. Um, mm-hmm. But also as I've grown older too, and with the radio shows, I've become more curious of the spiritual and the supernatural and everything in between, which only makes it easier uh, and has become easier for me to, to I think, interact with individuals uh, who are on a very different level than me or a different, I won't say different level, but like on a different path than me. Right. Uh, um, but it's been fun. You know, it's always fun. I love talking to people uh, like her. And uh, I really hope we we go ahead and get more on 
in the future because i know we've stepped back from that for a reason uh and not because of the guests just our own uh endeavors outside of radio and just the amount of right of chaos that we have going on but uh hopefully we'll be getting back into this some more and get guests on a little more regularly uh in the near future here I know there's a couple that we've talked about actually in recent weeks. Uh, so we could talk about that after the episode. Cause I was curious and just didn't bother to text you earlier about it. So, <laughs> well, I, I know that people do uh, like listening to us by ourselves, but they also like hearing the guests too. So we'll, we'll kind of switch it up every once in a while. Some, us, some guests and keep it a little more, uh, a little more intermingled where, it's not just us talking out of our ass and giving our own opinions about things. So um, I think that's about all we've got, unless you've got any final final words or thoughts on anything. Um, not really, but just, I, I don't know, learning experience, right? For everybody, new, new uh, term here that I learned today because I always thought of an item being bewitched as bewitched or cursed, tricked, a tricked item. I like it. I'm going to use that more often probably now when I, in regards to <laughs> <laughs> cursed and bewitched objects. So, well, and I, I actually learned a lot just reading through this book too. So it was, it was yeah. a very informative book, very informative guest. Make sure you check her out. Uh, her website is missaida.com, M I S S I, or I'm sorry, M I S S A I D A.com. Um, and just, look through her website it's definitely a it's a very uh well put together website it's interesting and uh she was a great guest so we were glad to have her on so until next week folks uh where you will find us same time same channel my name is justin and i'm eric peace This is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dean Archipotis, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, Yeah. right? And, yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? (laughs) The Bigfoot thing is people have seen these, and and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Chapotas. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network.